RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. So hi, I'm Dusty, and I'm here with my good friend Brian. Hey Dusty, how are you doing? <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> we're enjoying this fine Saturday morning. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's we're enjoying it so much it's actually Saturday afternoon at this point. Oh, my bad. So we're here to talk about RPGs. There are a lot of shows out there. I listen to quite a few podcasts and enjoy them all. Uh, quite a few actual plays, quite a few uh, podcasts that, that take emails and questions. And I wanted to do something a little different in this saturated market. And I thought we would actually recap our own games, Brian. Brian and I have been playing D&D together since about 2010. Oh my gosh, has it been that long? It has been that long. We like It's not going to be long until it's been 10 years. I know. And so, I, I feel like a, like a neophyte still when it comes to this. So me too. And I, I, I was putting together, compiling a list of all of our games to be possible show topics. And just last night, actually, to make sure we had enough content to sustain a show over weeks and months. And we have played a lot more than I thought. An awful lot more than I thought. So Brian and I are both business professionals. Yes, yes, we are. And I thought it'd be fun to bring so, some some business professional kind of corporate world analysis into this RPG podcasting uh, genre. So we're going to go over lessons learned, sort of best practices as we've uncovered them uh, in the RPG space, mostly focusing on D&D, but with a little branching out here and there. And Brian, today, I would actually like to talk about our very first game. So what I remember about our first game, was that I had never done this before. I, I had listened to those Penny Arcade podcasts where Chris Perkins was the DM, and it was the first time I'd ever really heard a good game of D&D. I had been exposed to D&D in college. I had uh, stepped into quite a few games. I had a friend who was a DM. I'd come in and be an NPC every so often, but I never really wrapped my mind around it until I heard those those Penny Arcade podcasts, and I wanted to really try my hand at it. At this point, I really only knew about like the stereotypes and like the jokes about people that played D&D, and I went in kind of skeptical, to be completely honest. No, yeah, that's fair. I think we both knew about the cartoon, right? Yeah, well, I watched the cartoon. You loved the cartoon, though. <laughs> so the cartoon was not my favorite. I, 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 really? I thought no, it was. I love it now, but when I was a kid, something about it put me off. I, I think it's a cartoon that you have to be a little older to appreciate. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. My my prior exposure, my, my first exposure to D&D ever what was a kid, and I won't say his name, obviously, that I went to uh, middle and high school with, and he always had the, those Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, yeah, Find Your Fate Junior. Yeah, um, and I thought that's what D&D was, because he had he had ones for AD&D. He had AD&D Choose Your Own Adventure, and he was uh, no, well, actually, yeah, offense. He was the kind of person I did not want to emulate. <laughs> but then I met Martin. Um, Brian and I have a friend at work named Martin, uh, and Martin gave me my first set of RPG books, when I told him that hey, I'm listening to these podcasts, I'm interested in this thing, he actually gave me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fracture the audience here, the fourth edition, <laughs> three core rule books. <laughs> That's what we started on. Yeah, fourth edition. And, and I loved it. I did. Me too. I really did. I, honestly, I still do. Uh, it, it's, it's fun to, to beat up on it. I'm glad I've moved on. But to be our first experience, it was quite good. But all I had for that first game, all I had were the three core rule books. That was it. No adventure modules. I mean, there was technically an adventure in the back of the DM's guide, but I, I hadn't really read the DMG that far. And I knew I wanted to play. Work was crazy at that time. So I, I couldn't put in the time to read all three books cover to cover. And finally, I don't know what got up the nerve. I, probably an offhand comment that Chris Perkins made on his podcast of, you've got to just do it. And I decided to just do it. So 
I generated three characters for you, Chris, and Mike. Mm-hmm. So Brian, Chris, and Mike came over, and I, I handed them these th- these three character sheets. Uh, I was so new and, and, and had no idea what I was doing. I actually built a charisma-based ranger. Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that that came straight from video games. And in every in every uh, Bioware game, you know, charisma is awfully important. You have these key negotiations yeah. with NPCs. Uh, you can't you can't treat charisma as a dumb stat. So I thought, well, I've got to have someone. You know, the party's got to have a member with high charisma for these negotiations. And I, and I made it the ranger. Our our ranger had an eighteen charisma. Was I playing the ranger? No, um, the ranger was Mike. You were the fighter. So I just remember now in any game I play, video games specifically, when charisma is an attribute, I max out charisma. Really? Like in my my Fallout character, he is the most charismatic dude you've ever met. Well, that that. So that's exactly where I was coming from. Yeah. Building these characters. It's so important in video games. So I, I thought it was super important in D&D. Anyway, um, made characters. They were completely unoptimized. Um, I had no adventure, really. I, I pulled together a few monsters and a few concepts, and, and I'll get into that. I'll, I'll recap the game uh, before we completely analyze it. But a few monsters, a, a few thoughts, uh, the, the, the visuals. So, Brian, I don't know if you remember this. I, I bought some poster boards. And with a yardstick and a ballpoint pen, I made the grid. Mm-hmm. And then with some Sharpies, I made the interior of a tavern, the exterior of a town square, and then the back of the tavern, like the, the kind of the, the loading dock area with a corral and a guardhouse and a few other things. Um, all of it, just simple black on white, um, Sharpie on poster board maps. So really simple stuff, really cheap stuff. Our minis were those nice uh, paper clips. <laughs> yes. So I, I use the, the, the black part of the paper clip as the base. The binder clip. The binder clip, thank you. The, I use the black part of the binder clip as the base. I pulled off the silver parts with, with some pliers, and I had just hand-drawn with, with a fine-tip Sharpie um, all the bad guys and the heroes. I have some binder clips laying here, actually. Yeah, cheap stuff, cheaply put together. No idea what I was doing. A couple of monsters picked out that seemed an appropriate level. Um, and it turns out, that I accidentally did an awful lot correctly. And, and an awful lot was, was dead on. Uh, before the game, the only piece of advice that I got was was from our friend Martin. And he told me a story about one of his games where he lovingly crafted this dungeon. And he opened up with uh, with his players outside of it. And they were like, nope. And they went completely, <laughs> completely opposite direction. And, and he was like, well, and he said, and when that happens, you, you have to enable that. You have to let them do what they're going to do. So going in, that's why... I instinctively just didn't over-prepare. I had a couple of rough ideas, and I thought, well, wherever they go, you know, wh- whatever they do, wherever they go, leave town, in town, whatever, don't care. Here are the monsters they're going to encounter. However, I have to wedge that in there. So I accidentally did that right. Um, actually, inserted a puzzle lifted directly out of, I don't know if you ever knew this, Brian, the fifth element. I've never watched it. Okay. So remember the cobalts coming out of the well, and there were the four yeah. pillars? Mm-hmm. And the four pillars had had these runes that were the elements. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep. So, gosh, I do remember that. Yeah. So you guys had to light a fire on the fire column. You had to splash water on the water column. You had to blow. It lifted directly out of the movie The Fifth Element, and and that was the puzzle. It seemed really important to me. You know, your character sheet had this whole section devoted to equipment that you guys use the equipment. But again, emphasizing, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I pulled this together. I had some stats for the for the for the players, poorly thought out. I had some stats for the monsters yanked out of you know the, the the monster manual. I had a rough idea of a puzzle. I had a rough idea of some NPC interactions, and damn, that game was fun. It was. Um, 
part of it at the time, I really, I think I enjoyed more just the camaraderie of being together. And I, it never really occurred to me that until years later that it wasn't just the fact that I was there with, you know, such great friends. I just really enjoyed the, the, the RPing element. I really enjoy the, the strategy element. Like I, I, I'm always prone to like fiddling and splitting my attention, but, uh, other than on a couple of occasions when I really couldn't help it, I've never missed a game that we've done. No, that's true. Like I, I like I genuinely love gaming. It's 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 one of my favorite things. And honestly, that that first experience where I jumped off that cliff, had no idea what I was doing, and just tried it. If that hadn't gone well, I don't think we would have played for the last seven years. I know, right? So it's funny. It all hinges on this game that was so poorly thought out. Uh, some some things that went right. Uh, the reason why it's okay to not know what the hell you're doing. Um, when you guys burst into the tavern, so, so the setup for the game uh, was you guys were outside a tavern and, and, and screams were inside, and I tried to introduce this element of, of, of you got to hurry up, you know, right from the start of the game. And sure enough, you guys you know burst into the tavern and uh, saw people bursting out the, the the back of the tavern, and everyone's up in arms. And, and I had this scene where the townspeople in the tavern were going to assume that you were with whoever burst out the back, and we're going to try to fight you. And I, and I thought that'd be a bit of a puzzle. I thought you guys would come in. Here are some aggressive townspeople, and you, you would go at it. But you guys immediately recognized, oh, they're confused, and threw some, hey, back to charisma, threw some charisma down, had a talk, assured them that you were not with whomever burst out the back, and avoided that first fight. And, and that, for me, was out of left field. I, I was fully expecting a, a bit of a brief scuffle. Uh, I think especially back then, um, I, we really leaned heavily on Mike. Uh, in the situations where, because Mike had played way more RPGs than, than I had at least. I'd never played WoW, had no idea about a lot of these concepts. A lot of the things, uh, in playing other RPGs were really transparent to me because in most video games, oftentimes you don't have to worry about the stats. Uh, so I honestly, thinking back, that was probably a, a, a call from Mike. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And I'll tell you this too Mike was testing my limits. So me being the dungeon master. Uh, Mike was absolutely testing out, you know, this is not a video game. Let me throw everything that I can't do in a video game at Dusty and see what he does. Um, in fact, I think you'll remember the, the, the quote of the game. The quote of that game was Mike looking at me and saying, can I shoot the horse? <laughs> so we had, we had, a, we had the, the, the bandits. So that when they burst out of the back of the bar, they avoided the, the tavern fight. When they came out of the back of the tavern, they, they saw the bandits making away on a, uh, on a horse-drawn cart. And Mike was playing the ranger, and he wanted to do a called shot into the horse's flank, which I did not see coming at all. I, I you know, I had the monsters ACs. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna give Mike disadvantage because they're on this moving target, and then boom, Mike's like, "Well, the horse is a lot bigger than the person, and the horse will stop the cart. I want to shoot the horse." <laughs> um, and, and no amount of prep, no amount of reading the rules, would have prepared me for for that. So it's it's okay. Again, reemphasizing. To not know what you're doing, I, it, I think it's better. Actually, this was one of the better games when, when I compiled that list. I was talking about earlier. I realized that this was actually not only our first game; it was my favorite game that we played for a long time. It took me a long time to get back to being as good as I thought this, this first game went because I, because I had no idea what I was doing and I had to improvise and let you guys do what you were going to do, and that's what made this first game fun. Yeah. Um. I, I, again, like. To, to the point that Mike was trying to do a lot of things that you, you can't do in video games. Um, 
what I've really found that I've liked about D&D is trying to, in a way, and this will sound terrible, try to fill in those, try to attack those gaps in the strategy where you've set something up. (laughs) Uh, Not going too deep into it, but there's an example of when we had to encounter um, a villain, a horde of villains at uh, basically the entrance of a cave. And we we got the villains to uh, side with us briefly, and got the villains to go back into the cave, and we, then we, of course we had them uh, all, all together, and we just slaughtered them. Yeah. Instead of having just one gigantic uh, battle that would have taken forever, we really you know uh, sped that up. I really liked having to sort of think through, uh, like if I was actually like really a, uh, like a general, um, how would I approach? How would I approach a battle? And um, that's something that it's helped me think differently about problems that I approach. And I've really appreciated that. Um, I, I, I did enjoy this game. I can't say it's one of my favorites. Funny enough, one of my favorites we played in the last few years, last two or three years, uh, which we'll talk about later. But it took place on uh, like a steamer ship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was I, a- I definitely have a, a spot for that. And that's on GitHub, right? Uh, yes, I, I have it written up in Markdown. I actually plan to run that. At, at at Mace at the Mid Atlantic Convention Expo here in November. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a great game. I can't wait to see that. Um, I'll be at Mace as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just I, I I really enjoy playing, and it's just something that I had this stigma against people who play D anD. I just thought that they were what the world thinks of them is kind of losers. And you know, am I a loser? Absolutely not. <laughs> There's no way I'm a loser. No, net neither of us. And now, uh, and now, you know, we, we play this on, uh, we don't have a weekly game, but we have a biweekly game, which is m- the most frequent that it's ever been. It is. And it's only gotten more frequent since we started. And the whole reason we're doing the show is, is it breaks my heart to think about people who want to play, who watch, you know, critical role or listen to, you know, one of the other podcasts of, of actual plays and who, I mean, D&D has never been more accessible in terms oh my of gosh. understanding what it is. Yeah. You can play for nothing. Literally nothing. Oh, yeah. It's free. Uh, 5e is available for free. Yeah. Elements uh, of it. Elements, yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that later. But but it's never been more accessible. There, there are other games that I love that are completely free. Uh, never been more accessible. Never been more accessible to understand what it is. There were the dark days in the 70s, 80s, 90s where you had to actually, you know, read the book. There were huh. no there were no recordings available. You couldn't watch people play. You had to a hundred percent get it from the books. But having said that, th- there's still this this shortage of people who are willing to stand up and say, "Yeah, I'll run that game." I mean, you listen to Chris Perkins or you watch Matt Mercer run their games on on the D and D podcasts or on Critical Role, and you're like, "My God, I could never, I could never do that." I don't, yeah. I don't understand these rules. You, you know, Chris Perkins says something like, "Oh yeah, absolutely, you can do that. You have advantage. Make make a perception check." You know, go. It's a DC twenty one, and and the first time you hear that, you're like, "How the hell does he know that?" And it makes you really intimidated to to start. And and we're here to tell you today's episode: just start. None of us knew what we were doing in our first game. What was to your point, Brian? Not my favorite game ever, but it was my favorite game for a long time. Yeah, it took us a while to get back there. A uh, one barrier to entry that a lot of people have uh, is having other people to play. Now in 2017, there's something called the internet. Yeah. And we actually played a game uh, recently in the last year or so with a friend of ours named Don over Skype. And guess what? It worked really well. It went beautifully. He didn't even have dice. It, uh, to, to show you how free it was, he downloaded a dice app for free on his phone. And uh, we played over Skype very 
Very easy, no fuss, no muss, no problem. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, but you still have to have a DM. You still have to have someone who's willing to say, I don't understand this. I don't know how to set a DC. I don't know what DC stands for. I don't know how to choose the difficulty for this dice roll. I don't know what the dice mean, but I want to run a game. And I'm here to tell you, it's not a hurdle. It's, I mean, honestly, it's one of those things. It sounds like what you're describing with Chris Perkins is if he doesn't know something specifically, he may not be grabbing a book to uh, do it. It sounds like he just has played enough where he has a gut feeling of what that should be. Yeah, and he has a rough framework of the rules. And if you have that, if you have just a rough framework, hey, the core mechanic is you roll a d20 and you compare it to a target. You add some bonuses, you, you, you subtract some penalties, and, and if you beat the number, hey, you did it. If not, hey, you didn't do it. Um, all, all D&D is, all RPGs are, is introducing that dice element to an improvisate, sorry, improvisational, an impro- improvisational. Thank you. Storytelling game. We're trying, to tell, we're trying to tell a story. How do you keep that one jerk at the table from 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 railroading the story and saying that his character does everything? Well, uh, <laughs> hey, 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 jerk! Before you succeed, <laughs> you've got to make a dice roll, and if you fail, someone else is going to try it. Brian, I, I think that's the end of, of this this first episode. Is, is hey, you don't need to know what you're doing. You know, watch something, watch Critical Role, listen to a D&D podcast, learn the very basics, and then just try it. And through trying it, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, still, I don't think I'm I'm by no means the best or even a good gamer. Like, when it comes to the mechanics, I forget where things are on the on the sheet all the time. And Mike or Dusty or Chris or somebody else is always, or Nathan's always telling me, oh, it's right there, it's right there. I don't take it too seriously, but at the same time, I take it very seriously because I really do love it. Yeah, well, don't take the character sheet. What, what you take seriously is what you want to do in the world. Yes. Mike didn't know what he needed to roll, but he knew that in the world, he wanted to shoot that horse. Yes. And, and that's all you have to know. If you take that seriously and you ask questions and you're willing to, you know, hey, hey, it's an early game. Let's pause and, and look that up. Or, or, hey, let's just make a call. It's a dexterity check. You know, Mike roll. Then, then, then you're going to have fun. That's the only thing you have to know. What what might your character do? What might you do in this situation? You've got to stop these bandits from fleeing. They've just pissed off an entire tavern. You are the only people in the room with weapons. Everyone else are, you know, farmers enjoying a night on the town. How can you intervene? How can you help? What would you do? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm freestyling here, but how about this? We are going to have a Facebook page for RPG Lessons Learned. I think we should. And just go to Facebook, look for RPG Lessons Learned. Uh, we'll have this posted there. Uh, tell us, for those of you who have played recently, you know, uh, how did you get into it? How did you just pick up and play? Uh, what were the barriers barriers for you? How did you get over those early hurdles of uh, playing D&D or Pathfinder, whatever system, BFRPG, whatever you're playing? Um, how did you get into it, and what were some of your early thoughts? And where are you now? Uh, we we want to build a community around this, and uh, we want to be able to um, share all of our experiences with you and you with us. So uh, like us on Facebook, uh, and you know, please, please, please interact because I think that will be important to what we do. Absolutely. Uh, also, we don't this week, but we'll have we will have uh, feed on iTunes soon, and also a way for you to subscribe. But right now, just. Uh, uh, keep in touch with us on Facebook, and uh, we. I will share this out. I'm very, I am very, I'm very <laughs> share minded on very willing to share, very willing to share on social media. So, 
And if you listen to some of my other podcasts um, as well, uh, I'll be sharing this at uh, our Facebook page, which is at facebook.com slash TF Radio and on Twitter at TF Radio. So next week we'll talk about why it's important to have a strategy, not a plan. Yes. And and for that, we'll be covering our, our, our next foray into fourth edition, which was actually the Red Box. Are we ever going to play fourth edition again? I would love to. The problem I have with fourth edition, the only, well, not the only, one of the problems I have with fourth edition is that it's impossible for me to roll a character directly out of the book. You have to have that character creator and it's gone. Is it completely gone? It's, it's gone off, off wizards. Yeah. It, okay. It, it was a subscription thing. They, they developed it in Silverlight for some reason. Ah, and, well, everything uh, was developed in Silverlight for a while. Yeah. A, a brief flash in the pan moment, but including that character builder and it's, it's gone. Without that character builder, it's it's hard to build a character in fourth. I would love just for old time's sake. Yeah, sounds great. We should figure that out sometime. Yeah. Or at least play fifth edition and try to squeeze out some fourth edition rules into it. Yeah, try to try to make the fighter yeah. in, in fifth more like the fighter in fourth. Yeah, I, th- I, I would be fine. Uh, that would be fine. I uh, oftentimes will try to say, oh, well, am I, is he bloodied? Am I bloodied? Yeah. And there are all these rules that no longer apply. Uh, in fifth edition or whatever we're playing, and yeah, are we flanking? Yeah, are we flanking? <laughs> uh, I miss that stuff to be honest with you. Yeah, you guys were, were our group has always been very tactical, and I keep hearing people say that hey, fourth edition was not a great role playing game, but it was the best tactical miniatures game on the market at the time. And you know what? Damn right, I I, I really think it was. I think if we adapted fourth edition to be on a hex grid in, oh. instead of squares, oh yeah, that, that'd be fun. Just do a skirmish in fourth edition. Anyway. Yeah. Way off topic. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our recap of, of our first game. We're going to keep recapping our games and talking about what we learned as our RPG careers um, started and progressed over the last seven years. And occasionally we will uh, uh, fill in some time with some of our actual games that we recorded. We've recorded several of them, not all of them, maybe half. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe not half, but quite a few. We, we're still doing it. Yeah, those will definitely be bonus episodes. There are better podcasts out there to hear actual plays. But if you that's wanna, not true. Well, <laughs> I but, don't. I don't listen to any of there, these. Shows. But there's no better podcast for listening to an actual play and then getting our analysis after the fact. It, it, no other. No other podcast has the the so-called DVD commentary. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what we're here for. All right. Good episode. Good week. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Dusty. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.